It's no secret that we live in a heteronormative world where being straight is considered the default in our society. But what happens in society when we favour heteronormativity? So much so that we separate what's normal and what's abnormal. So today we're going to highlight some of the side effects of doing this. She, a podcast for the non-traditional woman. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a a couple. couple. Join us as we break down the modern feminine experience and explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. All right, let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of She, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next woman of the week. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's been rating our podcast and sharing your personal stories with us. We really do take the time to read and respond to every one of your messages. Um, Plus, there are a lot of messages and stories um, that you've all shared with us that have inspired us to cover certain topics like today. Yeah, exactly. We want to get started by shouting out our woman of the week who inspired this episode, Rachel Storm who sent us a message on Instagram sharing her story. So Rachel let us know that she and her wife are currently separated due to COVID, particularly because they are from two different countries. And we can, of course, relate to the long distance part of a relationship Mm -hmm. and being from different countries. But she shared with us a lot of the extra hoops that they've had to go through since um, Australian immigration has made it particularly difficult on them because they are an LGBTQ plus couple. So they were even told by their lawyers that the embassy tends to be more biased towards granting visas to heterosexual couples as opposed to same-sex couples and that to prove their legitimacy they should have a child is this really what society is telling couples to do i know i mean have kids even if you don't want to because your relationship alone is not enough Mm. i mean yeah so throughout our conversation with Rachel Tiana and I really got to thinking about the overarching effects of society enforcing a heteronormative world and why this is damaging to the LGBTQ plus community but also those who identify as straight because a hetero society boxes everyone in and it puts blinders on us all we can't see diversity because all we see is our own perspective exactly so Today we're going to chat about what happens to our society when we push heterosexuality and what the LGBTQ plus experience looks like when heterosexual is considered the norm. So thank you, Rachel, for sharing your story with us. Yes, thank you to Rachel and her wife for allowing us to talk about your story today. And, you know, whether you're straight or LGBTQ plus, we believe this episode is beneficial for both ends because It's more than just sexuality that is affected when we push a heteronormative society. Maybe we can start by sort of dissecting why society enforces heteronormativity and then we can get into why this is damaging to the advancement of our society, but specifically how this affects LGBTQ plus people. Yeah, but it's also really important that we clarify that this isn't by any means an attack on being straight. This is an an examination of our society viewing itself as predominantly straight and you know we are discussing how people in society have been conditioned to think that straight is the norm we're just breaking down why our culture relies on pushing a straight society in order to protect certain traditions 
Well, for women specifically, there has been this role that society requires women to play in order to keep patriarchy alive and well. And this includes the expectation of women to get married, to have kids, ultimately the expectation of women to be straight and to date men. So this is why LGBTQ plus women naturally break out of traditional expectations created and enforced by patriarchy because they exist outside of the ideology that women are innately heterosexual. Now, let's chat about how this affects a woman's experience. Whether you're straight or you're LGBTQ+, because regardless of your sexuality or your gender identity, compulsory heterosexuality relies on women adhering to traditional gender roles. So essentially, we push women being straight in order to fall into roles in society. Yeah, it's it's almost like brainwashing (laughs) to think that we're all meant to be straight and it's funny because the more I get in tune with myself and become more self-aware and disregard what society has taught me the more I've come to the realization that being straight was the phase for me (laughs) yeah you know so many times I've been asked if being gay was a phase that I was going through because it's assumed that being straight is the correct or or more common thing right so I think marching to the commands of society put blinders on me for Mm. most of my adolescent years and only now as someone who knows who she is I realize that society and what it teaches or shoves down our throats whatever (laughs) you like to call it is a bit dangerous it's dangerous when we let society you know take the steering wheel that's so true that's a really good point I believed that being like like I believe being straight was a phase for me as well because I thought that's what I was supposed to do mm-hmm. like I was a teenager who thought of course women date men right and wrong you know if straight wasn't the default I would have actually thought for myself back then instead of letting society think for me of course and you know this affects men as well but as to women the right thing for us to do would be to speak specifically on our own experience while trying to highlight issues that can apply regardless of gender identity. And another thing, what our society teaches us doesn't just apply to sexuality, but gender roles, clothing, even our jobs. Exactly. We understand that compulsory heterosexuality affects men as well. We're just speaking on our experience personally. And when you think about it, it's such an enormous assumption to believe that women are inherently straight. And I'll tell you how it affects our experience as LGBTQ plus women. When we assume people are straight, everyday experiences cease to exist without burden. For example, I'll just paint a picture here of something straight people don't really have to think twice about. You visit your doctor's office. How many times have they approached a health-related subject or a gynecological concern from a straight lens and assumed you, you were straight? Whether it's a simple conversation about who you're dating now or about your birth control methods, I personally remember feeling awkward having to correct my family doctor in that I was dating women because I had gone to her for birth control when I was younger, although I never actually confirmed if I was straight or queer to her. But uh, when I went to visit her after moving to L.A. when I was back in Toronto, I remember being asked sexual health questions as if I was dating men. And I literally had to stop her and say, oh, uh, I'm in a relationship with a woman. And it was just like awkward silence after that. Yeah. And, you know, even if you are someone who votes for equality and doesn't have any problem with a person's sexuality, 
It was the fact that your doctor never even considered it. And she already had her mind made up about you as being straight because it's more common. And that's what brought up the awkward silence. And this is a healthcare provider. You know, like, shouldn't doctors be thinking with a more general lens for your own health? And the reality is you are brave and out enough to correct her. There are a lot of people that aren't able to do so or even aren't able to be honest about health-related topics due to anti-LGBTQ laws in various countries. So it's important to point out that this is your health we're talking about. You know, it ultimately affects your health if you don't talk about certain topics. And this is really sad and quite dangerous for our well-being because, you know, the point is a lot of people won't talk about certain important things because we live in a heteronormative society and people don't know what reaction they will get if they're honest about their own lives. Exactly. This is where we start to see some of the side effects of be- of straight being the default. LGBTQ plus people are often thinking of or actively taking the route in situations that will protect them and are less likely to harm them. And so if you and I are two people that didn't come out until our 20s, so we've had the experience of operating in the world as quotations, a straight person, and now LGBTQ+. And let me tell you, they're different. They're different experiences, and not because we're any different, but because the world treats us differently. Because society has deemed straight to be normal, implying queer to be not normal. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, (laughs) we're not different. Society treats us as different when they know that we're gay. And you and I have always been what society would call straight presenting women as well. Mm. So speaking on our experience, it's assumed that society, you know, has our lives figured out when they look at us. And then we have to correct people and they're shocked. Yeah. Which also adds to the stereotype of genders and clothing and so on. Yeah, they're either shocked when you correct them or they still won't take you as seriously as they would a straight couple. Another example, Sophie injured her neck a few months ago and we went to the ER in L.A., And we were already engaged, aka wearing our rings, but they would not let me go in to accompany her, even though I was holding her hand and in my opinion, being a very obvious couple. But when I asked to accompany my girlfriend, my fiance in, they said no. And at first we thought, okay, maybe it's due to the pandemic and the new rules. But then doesn't Sophie get examined in an area full of straight couples accompanying their significant other? I asked repeatedly to go in with Soph and they wouldn't let me back there with her, even though she was in so much pain and could barely answer questions that doctors were asking. So whether they knew we were a couple or not, even though once again, I think it was pretty obvious from us also saying it, but this is a side effect of a heteronormative society. Yeah, yeah, you were sitting in the waiting room for hours. I was examined in a corridor and there were lots of other patients there with their husbands, wives, parents. Mm. And I asked if my girlfriend could come and stay with me because I was crying (laughs) and in so much pain. I could barely speak to the doctors. And they said no. The other people who were there with the other patients um, had a wristband saying that they were accompanying patients because obviously the hospital was strict with COVID. So they were allowing people in there, Um, but they assumed Tiana was my friend, that she wasn't important enough to come back with me and they would not let her in. And when I clarified that she was my fiance, they still said no. 
Exactly. So, yeah. I was so frustrated with that visit. Yeah, me too. But um, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, I think it would be beneficial to list some of the other repercussions of living in a heteronormative society, other than, of course, healthcare, which we just covered. Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's important to say homophobia doesn't exist without heteronormativity. Mm. So homophobia is a side effect of living in a heteronormative world. Just gotta say that real quick. (laughs) Absolutely. This is what happens when we push one way of life as correct. And one of the repercussions of this is gender stereotypes. You know, we enforce gender stereotypes in a straight society. Yeah, we are conditioned to believe that straight is the norm. Since the very day we were born, society implements binaries according to gender, almost like decides how to treat you based off of it. So, for example, the second your gender is revealed, you're assigned colors, toys, clothing, etc., all appropriate to condition you for your heteronormative life. So if you're a young girl growing up, you're treated a lot differently than your male counterpart. And from generation to generation, we pass down the assumption that a child is straight. We use presumptuous phrases like, you know, you'll get out the ladies for boys or uh, no dating boys until whatever age for girls. And we watch TV shows and films with all straight characters representing straight stories. If you're lucky enough to encounter LGBTQ plus characters in the media growing up, they either were nothing more than their sexual identity or it was like a sad story. Yeah. Absolutely. That's such a good point. We have literally assigned what it means to be male and female and box people into that. Yes. Actually, since you mentioned representation in the media, I'd love to expand on that. Our I have a, point. a few things to say. Um, so you said a few minutes ago that queer representation in media is portrayed as either a really sad story or a story about someone's sexuality as the main focus. You know, we don't have enough representation of queer people in mainstream movies where their sexuality is not the main focus. Like, you know, a movie where there just happens to be a same-sex couple, but that's not what the story is about. You know, like it's so normalized. Yes. You know, why can't we normalize being LGBTQ plus so that the stories we tell are actually about the individuals and not their gayness? Exactly. (laughs) I would completely agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, also for every like 10 straight characters in a film, there's maybe one queer person. If you're lucky, maybe one. Yeah. You know, if three out of the six friends from Friends were gay... Well, that would never happen. Yeah. Because how could half of a friend group be gay? Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> but yeah, it would be it would be a different show if they were. But, you know, I think we need to try and normalize that more. And another thing, why are there so many straight actors playing queer characters when there are an ample amount of queer actors yeah. out there to play straight or to play queer characters? I'm happy you brought that up because I was just about to say that. Yeah. And like, I know it's acting. And, you know, that's what actors do. They play roles that are different from who they are. But I've seen way too many queer movies played by uh, people who are not. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, straight people are already playing straight people in media. Oh, yeah. You know, so why are they also taking all the gay roles? (laughs) I couldn't agree with that more. And the role is only more authentic if a queer person plays a queer person. Like, you're telling me you couldn't find an equally talented white male to play Simon in Love, Simon, that was actually LGBTQ+. Exactly. You know, that was such a coming-of-age movie. So how empowering 
would that have been to cast an actor who was actually gay himself? Yeah, and listen, of course straight people can play queer roles and queer people can play straight roles. That's acting, you know, but who are the majority of straight roles being played by straight actors? So it would make sense to do the same for LGBTQ roles. Yeah, and another really quick thought that I have before we move on. Uh, Last (laughs) night, Tiana and I watched Ocean's 8 and we couldn't believe that out of eight, you know, the eight main boss ass bitch women in that movie, not one of them could be gay. Like, yeah. not one of them? You couldn't make so one true. of them gay? Like, I'm sorry, but Ocean's 8 is so gay. It's so gay. I remember seeing that in the theatre and saying the same thing. But not one of the women are gay. You yeah. know, the way Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock's characters look at each other and behave around each other in that film, gay. <laughs> and it's so not, true. And it's not that the film is, you know, casually implying that they are gay and trying to normalise it by never having to declare that they are gay. Because the women are swiping on tinder for men and talking about their husbands and and talking about their ex-boyfriends yeah yeah Yeah, and even just to further explore this theory of ours that this movie is very gay we watched an interview where sandra and kate were asked about the queer undertones in oceans 8 and if they would like their characters to explore this relationship and they tried to deflect with humor they like wouldn't answer the questions but then this like wishy-washy answer sandra gives is like well, if it was, pause, right for for the plot. You know, I have to say, like, I really did not like how they answered all of those questions. Same. And the interviewer was serious, you know, and he was asking really interesting questions. And they just kept stalling, making jokes about being uh, romantic with each other. They kept like, you know just being silly and whatever they were just acting like very giddy and very weird and this is another example of sexuality being a taboo topic of conversation but what's really interesting about Sandra Bullock's answer um you know if it was right for the plot answer is that it basically implies that there could be something wrong with including a lesbian romance or even just casually having a lesbian in the movie and this is where we see the side effects of a heteronormative society when we have to think about whether or not a lesbian in a movie is the right route to take and we certainly don't say the same for straight characters no straight characters exist in every movie but you cannot say the same for queer characters exactly and in many cases a straight character's sexual identity never comes up yeah you know so i mean they could have easily done that in Ocean's 8, they had lots of opportunities, but they didn't. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. Another big repercussion of living in a heteronormative society is safety. We jeopardize the safety of LGBTQ plus people because we are perceiving them as other. Yeah, couldn't agree more with this one. We've compromised the safety of LGBTQ plus people because society has told us one is normal. To give a very general basic example it's like if you were told over and over again that a particular food was better than another and we as a society would start to believe it society can literally brainwash you into thinking anything and that's what we've done to straight versus queer identities yeah and you know as two women originally from different countries outside of the u.s we're able to recognize the privilege of living in Los Angeles, you know, one of the most gay-friendly cities in the world. And even here in the liberal city of LA, we've witnessed inequality based on sexuality. Yeah, we've experienced it. We have. So, you know, 
Think about people in other countries where being LGBTQ is illegal or where gay marriage isn't legal yet. You know, this is just more evidence that we live in a world that practices compulsory sexuality. Exactly. Society only fuels LGBTQ plus hate crimes because we see it as other and truly believe it to be not normal. And look, the bottom line when it comes to safety is that straight people don't get kicked out of their homes because they're straight. And straight couples don't have to think about their safety based on who they're holding hands with when they travel around the world. Yeah, there definitely are places that Tiana and I have wanted to travel to, but we've had to talk about, you know, if we did because of anti-LGBTQ laws, that we would have to pretend that we were, you know, friends on a gal pal trip instead of fiancés because of the repercussions of our safety. Yeah, and this is not just countries in the Middle East, which we have been to together and had to refrain from acting like a couple. This is like countries in Europe, Asia, Oceania, and even places in America that we're talking about. Being straight doesn't put you at risk based on sexuality, but being LGBTQ plus does. Yeah, that's really important to acknowledge. But I also want to say, you know, it's not being LGBTQ that's unsafe. It's our heteronormative society that's unsafe. So remember that being gay is not the issue. It's what society force feeds everyone that is. Yes, I'm so glad you clarified that. No, very, very true. Well, the last thing that we want to point out, even though the list could go on, is the lack of self-confidence, self-doubt and depression amongst the LGBTQ plus community. And once again, that is a side effect of a heteronormative society. Like you said, it's not being LGBTQ plus that's the issue. It's the heteronormative society. So that's what we mean when, in terms of self-confidence, self-doubt, depression. Um, you know, with how we view and treat LGBTQ plus people in this world, it's not surprising that the depression and suicide rates for our community are high. Our community half the time is dealing with so much shame that they have a hard time accepting themselves and reaching their full potential. And this is something a lot of our listeners has sh- have shared with us too, that they are still working on accepting themselves, which is the biggest part of it all. And, and that comes from living in a heteronormative society. Once again, there is no homophobia without the heteronormativity. And LGBTQ plus people internalize this. This is quite possibly the biggest side effect from living in a heteronormative world. It can change how people view themselves when they don't adhere to the normal path that society requires them to. Absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier and I really want to circle back to it now that we're talking about self-confidence, self-doubt and oppression. And that is the reaction and response from society that influences a lot of mental anguish. You know, being born into growing up in and being raised by a heteronormative society has repercussions for LGBTQ plus people because we are taught to believe that we are other or different. And, you know, I am no different than I was before I came out, except that I am happier, really. That's what it comes down to. When Tiana and I call our society hetero, what we mean is privilege. You can call our society heteronormative, white privileged, gender stereotypical, whatever, because they all represent the same principle that society is linear and there are people who are outside of that that are not normal. And that's not the case. We're just not very good at being inclusive. Yeah, that's really, really well said. Um, The issue for me with coming out was my thought that I shouldn't have to come out because nothing's changed about me. I'm no different, but suddenly people see you differently. 
you know, like I was confident in who I was as a person, but I wasn't confident that society would still treat me with respect. And I think a lot of people feel the same. Yeah, you didn't have confidence in your environment. You know, that's how I felt too. Yeah. In that sense, you know, our society have let us down. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, we're almost at the end of our episode. And, you know, I was thinking today, instead of takeaways, maybe we can give like our own take on what, you know, we can do as a society to move away from the assumption that straight is the default. Ooh, I love that. Um, I guess for me, a step in the right direction as a society would be to acknowledge that for women and men for that matter too, that heterosexuality isn't a preference at all, but something that has been imposed, managed, organized, and maintained by force by our society. So to question where this comes from and why our society relies on you being straight to function is an immense step to take if you consider yourself to be straight. So for those of you listening who do identify as straight, it's only going to progress you further in feminism to question the role society needs you to play. Recognize that it is a privilege in our heteronormative world to be straight. And if you are straight, don't be someone who contributes to the oppression of LGBTQ plus people. Just because, you know, being straight is your reality, it doesn't mean it is for others. And LGBTQ plus people are frankly tired of being oppressed and not being included and represented fairly in society. So that's my uh, little kind of takeaway or what, you know, what's the right step we can go in as in a society. Yeah. Um, what about you, Soph? Yeah, I love what you said. Um, I would 100% agree, you know, to question heterosexuality, not because you may be queer, but because it boxes you in, you know, it causes you to assume that heterosexuality is the norm. And, you know, maybe the norm is that we're all fluid and don't interfere with other people's lives. You know, more and more every day, I'm beginning to see heteronormative society as an institution. Yes. And and this is by no means me pushing my sexuality on the straight community, even though the straight community pushes heterosexuality on the LGBTQ community all the time. What I mean by institution is that our society is organized and we're all programmed to believe what it teaches is correct. And we have established rules and normatives in our society that affect all of us, even the privileged. You know, it's the privileged that need to question it most. And, you know, I understand this because I have to question my privilege being white. Yeah. So we all we all have a responsibility to be more inclusive and to be good at it. Yeah, that is a great way to wrap up today's episode. Uh, we love hearing your stories and how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on Instagram or review our podcast on Apple to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. Yeah, and make sure you download, rate and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know if you felt the effects of a heteronormative world. See you next Tuesday. Bye.